Hello and welcome back to another super awesome episode of You want to talk about it? <sighs> yes, super fun topics about child abuse and how awesome you become as an adult when you abuse this child it's pretty fantastic join the club most of you are in it you just don't know it <laughs> so first off um i would like to state first and foremost i'm not a therapist or license in anything at all that's right people not a professional just lived through it that's all no big deal you know <laughs> um these are just like my experiences and my opinions the things I've researched myself, um, been through, talked about in years and years and years of therapy. I've been in multiple forms of therapy since 2010. Actually, I think it's earlier than that, but uh, <laughs> who is counting the years? Um, and yeah, my healing journey continues on. Yes, it's so exciting. Uh, as you can tell from my ridiculous accent that belongs to literally no one and if you're anything like me you do accents when things are just sad and you're like okay we're gonna do an accent and everything will be fine uh so i have taken the time to do my best to organize for this podcast um my nose is sniffly, so enjoy that, because you don't have a choice if you're listening. Um, so, I've written down lots of different um, memories and experiences and topics that I could talk about, because I get very overwhelmed with just so many of the things that I want to talk about, and uh, because of my amazing... Uh, memory problems and inability to focus. Thank you, Dad uh, and Mom. Let's not forget about Mom. Uh, I get very uh, all over the place. And then uh, I'll see a meme or someone's post somewhere randomly that I don't know and I'll never meet. Or my cat did a meow a certain way and I was like, that makes sense. We'll talk about that later. Um... And I start going off in my head and having my own conversations, uh, which is pretty normal for child abuse survivors as well. Uh, and so, and then I'll, you know, I'll go off in my head about a conversation and blah, blah, blah. And before I know it, I've forgotten everything I've said, but I end it with, God, this would be a great topic for the podcast. And then I get really upset with myself because I've forgotten everything. So I sat down and just went, things, write down just things, okay. So hoping I can do more of these episodes um, and they can be helpful um, to everyone and anyone who listens to them because I know that talking about this stuff is extremely important to everyone. Uh, you might not think that it affects you, but it does. Uh, even if you did not grow up with abusive mm, 
I'm trying not to be too sarcastic, but it's in me. Uh, if you uh, didn't grow up with super fabulously abusive parents like I did, um, shit, looning, lo losing my train of thought says the sarcasm took over. Um, oh, you know, uh, you might be like, this has nothing to do with me. I don't need to listen to anything or just like educate myself because I didn't grow up with it. And I understand that that would make sense to your brain. But, um, there are so many more child abuse survivors in this world than the average person cares to admit. And the more I talk about it, the more people come forward, the more people realize and that light bulb goes off in their head and they're like, oh fuck, I am totally part of this, uh, private group thing. Um, and then, you know, and then before you know it, we're all crying, shoving cake into our faces. Um, hopefully, hopefully the cake is there. I mean, this cake is pretty much mandatory in my brain. Um, so, it is very good to listen and understand what the fuck is going on uh, with child abuse. Awareness is very important. Because the more you can see it, uh, the more you will want to get involved and stop this goddamn bullshit because I'm really tired of it and a lot of other people are too and kids definitely are and we don't grow up um you know very okay mentally or physically so pay the fuck attention people thank you oh so this episode I was like what topic which one there's so many and they're all so fabulous and I was like, oh my god, Becky, it's fucking suicide prevention, like, week, month, but September, hey, oh my god, let's prevent some suicide, yes. So, I was like, oh my god, like, I have, like, so many experiences with that, like, yes. And I wrote it down, yes, gold fucking star for me. So, I was like, let's see. Let's count the times. So in my life, there's been three times. I'm gonna try and get it back to serious, but. Three times that I, um, I attempted suicide. The first time I was, uh, I was around 11 years old. Uh, I just, I remember very specifically the school I was in. Um, remember like you know that it was daytime uh but I can't remember you know if I was in fourth grade or fifth grade so I was either 10 or 11 I feel like it's 11 in my gut doesn't really matter I guess the year difference but I remember that shit wow has that stuck with me it's always been a a very big um conversation topic for me uh, I always found it very fascinating uh, as much as I found it very heartbreaking that at 11 years old, I wanted to kill myself. I wanted to die. And I tried to. Um, that stuck with me for so long 
just in the sense, you know, when I got older, my brain developed more. I was just like, I didn't want to die. Like what, what was, what was going on there? Let me examine that. Let me go back into my, you know, um, 11 year old mind and, and just go, what the fuck was going on with that? So it stuck with me for, for years and years and seeing counselors. And then my therapist finally that I, that I saw for over seven years, one-on-one, um, every week and then twice and then three times a week, um, through, uh, group therapy to, uh, even the latest, uh, support group that I found in my area. And, um, It was just, um, I feel I kind of like replaced fascination over the sheer heartbreak of the realization that an 11 year old wanted to fucking die. So, um, and that was also, that was a coping mechanism, you know, um, to be 11, attempt to kill myself and then have that knowledge in my brain from there on, you know, and not even understanding what it means to try to take your own life or die. You know, you're fucking 11. You don't even know how anything works. Um, and what had happened was my parents had the divorce that my parents went through was pretty recent. We were finally in a house that we were like renting or something is very unclear what our living situation really was we did not own a house or anything like that it was like we were renting a place um it was all kind of sketchy uh, <laughs> uh and uh i i think i've mentioned it before in other episodes maybe or maybe i haven't yet i can't remember because once i do an episode i'm like done with that topic i don't remember anything anymore um, but, uh, grew up homeless my entire childhood. Um, it wasn't in act- an actual house, house, like, that is like, this is where we live and we're not going to get evicted or kicked out or some sort of other weird scenario where we have to leave in like a year, um, until I was, um, in high school, basically. So, um, Blah, blah, blah. I feel like that's off topic, but it's okay. Stay focused. I can fucking do this shit. (laughs) So, my, one of my brothers had really pushed me over the edge with the teasing and the mocking and just the constant, um, teasing, uh, which all of my siblings did, but one in, one, uh, brother in particular really loved to push everyone's buttons and, um, and then they would invite their, their friends over and then they were jerks. Um, uh, so my, one of my brothers had grabbed one of my, I had a, I had a, my size doll. I don't know if you guys know what those are. Remember those, but they were, they still have them, but they're like specifically Barbies now. Um, but they're basically, you know, what, like three feet tall and they're supposed to be the size of a child so they're called my size dolls or some sort of crap like that I don't know mine came from a dumpster so I don't know what she was officially but um I had a a dumpster my size doll 
and um like someone had like partially shaved her head or she was she she looked uh she looked like she uh should go to rehab basically and um my brother had stripped her down and I couldn't remember if some of her limbs were off or anything, but he pretended to fuck her, which having just not even two years earlier been um, raped by my dad, like brutally raped, um, it was very triggering. And I didn't know why, but I, it, you know, my brain was basically going, I recognize this. And, like, I know what this is, but I don't know what it is because at this age, I don't have the words for this because I don't know. I'm a child. I, my brain hasn't developed these fucking literal brain cells yet. Um, forgive me for not knowing the, uh, the actual, you know, biology of it, but um, your brain, you know, stops developing sometime in your 20s, you know, when it's like, okay, I'm done, you know. So as a child, you literally can't comprehend these adult situations. So my, my brain, you know, I'm being triggered. I don't know why, but I recognize the, the, the emotions that are coming up and don't understand them at the same time. And if you've ever had that happen, boy, do you feel like, um, you're in a padded room with a fucking straight jacket on. Wow. Um, I felt it, it was like someone was electrocuting my brain. I just kind of short-circuited. I started screaming at him and he was at the bottom of the stairs. I remember and I was at the top. I started screaming at him like to stop. And I felt in that moment that, you know, it was all happening again. And, um, also when, when that did happen to me, my dad, um, brutally raped me. I, when I was nine, he also tried to kill me. So, uh, I was also, you know, I was getting those, you know, those emotions coming back up and, you know, I, it was all happening again. I thought I was going to die. I thought I was literally in danger and I needed to fight for my life and I had no idea why. <laughs> so needless to say, it was like super fun and I'm screaming at my brother and and then he just, it's like something went off in him. And he, he, like, he just knew he won or just something. Um, you know, my, my siblings all have their own issues, which they've all, um, what is the word for them? Um, they have their issues that they have gladly open-armed um pushed down with denial so <laughs> really fun stuff so he starts chasing me up the stairs and i'm going i'm gonna die i'm gonna die he's gonna kill like i i wasn't thinking actually he's going to kill me i was just like i i knew you know the sensations of i'm going to die the day, you know, same as when my dad tried to kill me that day. That was, I was thinking I was going, I'm going to die. He's going to kill me. It's finally happening. Okay. You have to fight for your life now. Like, like I've been training my whole childhood to defend myself from this one, you know, this one moment. And now it's finally here and I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. Cause I'm a fucking child. So 
he chased me to my, mine and my sister's room at the time. We, we all shared rooms and cause there was way too many of us and not enough rooms in a suburban household to fucking house all of us fucking children. So there wasn't a lock on our door. So I, I, sl I tried to shut the door and my brother is, this brother is like two, no, he's like three and a half to four years older than me, I believe. Yeah. And has always actually been the biggest of all of us. So he's much bigger than me. Um, <coughs> and uh, he's pushing at the door. And I'm desperately trying to shut the door. And I don't know if you've ever been in that situation with anyone, even if it's just like a playful situation, you know, where someone's going to get you and you're trying to, to mount, you know, keep that door from breaking basically, you know, and them coming in and getting you. Um, but it's like, you know, there's an anxiety, there's a stress, there's a, a, a serious adrenaline to that um, kind of playfulness when, when it's in a playful way. Um, there's an adrenaline to it. When you are having a flashback trigger moment of when your dad tried to kill you, it is, it is indescribable. The t I can't even, whew, I have worked very hard to deal with that terror that it has been in multiple moments of my life. Um, and then to relive it and not know where the fuck it's coming from because my brain has blacked it out for my own safety. Um, because a child can't fathom uh, what that is. They will go insane. And here we are, me, feeling like I'm going insane at this point because I don't know what the fuck is happening, but I'm remembering shit that my brain is screaming, don't remember this, it's too fucking soon. And I'm like, okay, but I think I need to fucking defend my life right now. I think I'm gonna die. I don't know what the fuck is happening. Everything in my body is screaming, defend yourself, bitch. You're gonna die. Um, and I very much remember my brother just kept pushing at the door and he was laughing thought it was hysterical and I felt that there was absolutely no one there for me that no one cared he certainly didn't care and he thought it was hysterical how absolutely indescribably terror uh terrified I was so he ends up just I don't know, just like giving up. And I, by the way, this whole time I'm screaming bloody murder. Because I'm like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die again. I'm going to be murdered and I have no idea why. And there's this terror inside of me and I don't know what the fuck is going on. So he he just, I don't know. He just like gives up and just goes away. And that like, like okay. Like he's bored now or I, I don't know. And then I'm just, I'm alone. Um... In, in the bedroom, uh, you know, my sister was seven years older than me, so she's off with, I don't know, whoever. Um, and I'm alone in the room. And I barely remember this, but guess what? I have evidence, which uh, was very important to me for years. Um, 
even before telling my siblings and family that I was sexually abused as well as all the other fantastic abuse my dad did to us, um, I was very paranoid um, because I, well, I knew that people, my family wasn't going to believe me uh, deep in my gut. So I really felt like I needed to somehow gain evidence. And it's very interesting because I wrote a lot of stuff down when I was a kid and a teenager. And as an adult, I still write a lot of things down uh, pertaining to, you know, the abuse that I um, experienced growing up. And lo and behold, I have the very notebook that I wrote in the day I tried to kill myself for the first time. Um, I am bummed I don't have the date on here, but considering I was 11, I was still learning how to read. Um, because when I went into fourth grade, I did not know how to read. Um, and that's because of other really super fun, um, childhood bullshit. So, I went through my things today to very specifically find this so I could read to you guys what I was fucking writing down, uh, before I went and realized, um, that mine and my sister's room was the only one that had access to the roof. Whew. So, oh, I just feel like I'm stupidly rambling on right now um, because I'm, I'm very much, you know, into details. And I've always had people be very annoyed by that, um, you know, whenever I tell stories or jokes, I feel like I have to tell the backstory and the future story and the in-between of every detail because otherwise I feel like they're not gonna get it and I need them to understand it because for me understanding things is extremely important I need details for things to get it so that's why I talk a lot and that's why I get really uncomfortable talking a lot um sometimes um if I don't like if, it, if it's not in person in person, I'm much more comfortable talking to my phone, going, oh my god, I don't know if anyone's going to listen to this. What if they're listening to it now? They hate me. Oh my god, what if they think I'm stupid? Oh my god. Blah, blah, blah. Um, that's what happens when I talk to uh, an inanimate object and I can't read its facial expressions because it doesn't have one because it's not a person. So, I went through this notebook. My nose is going because uh, it's a dick. Um... I went through this notebook, which is literally just a crappy, um, literally a Mead brand, 80 sheet, college ruled, neat book, notebook. So, because my shit was the latest and greatest stuff. So, when I stumbled upon this like years ago... I was like, oh my god, there's stuff I wrote down. Like, what is it? What did I write? And then I came upon a page. And I read it. And I went, oh my god. I wrote this the day I tried to kill myself. And, I re and then I remembered it. I 
I scribbled it. I was in a haze of just, I don't even know, but I was, I was not okay. Obviously this fucking whole thing is about suicide. Yeah. So I'm just gonna, it's not really gonna make sense. It's also just written in horrible handwriting, horrible grammar. Um, I had to read it and go, wait, what? Wait, let me reread that. What is happening? Um, and I, I'm going to post the photos, um, which you might have already seen at this point if you're listening to this. I don't know. But uh, I will be posting the photos on my Instagram, Life of a Survivor. Whew. So, I, I, again, I'm trying to tell you all the details because I need you to understand it all. But this is a very small snippet of a continuation or the ending of other stuff that I wrote. Pages of, I can't quite remember writing the other stuff in this on this particular day, but I remember writing the end. And you can kind of make sense of that in the when you see it. Um, so, anyways, I'm I, I write here of always being in the way of being annoying, doing everything wrong, being too stupid, not knowing anything, and just being the youngest, a whiner, spoiled, messy, mean, too nice, looking weird just doing everything wrong and I wrote that about myself and it's interesting because when I read it I go oh it sounds like I'm talking about like someone not myself but I'm very much writing this and I'm referencing me about how much I'm just worthless how annoyed everyone is of me all the time I mean I saw it every day in everyone's eyes and how everyone treated me. How I was always left alone. Granted, I was the youngest, but still. Fuck. Um, and then there's just pages. Of just, Jesus. Of, of just, I'm, I'm talking like, God, what is this? One, two, three. There's three pages of just like continuation of just me just, oh dear God, not happy. I hate everything. Um, another one of my writings, and this is all very much leading up to this day. Um, I said, dear, my sister's name, I think it's time you and my brother, oldest one, killed the boys and I'm talking about my brothers ever since you left it's been hell which is underlined three times for emphasis how about I fill you in first other brother broke the cup that you bought me and then blamed it on me for not putting it away brother and his friend were complete asses first brother's friend threw a ball at me, and then everyone started saying all this shit. Then brother took my doll and... And that is so... I think I started writing this days later. Or a day later or something. 
But this is referencing my brother taking my doll. I remember his friend was an asshole too. Um, just, you know, inappropriate asshole teenage boys um, who, you know, obviously have abuse and trauma and aren't dealing with it because no one fucking talks to kids about any of this stuff. And so, um, I mean, it just, that's amazing to me. I'm, I'm writing all of this down. It's so, it's right here for anyone to read and look at. And it was heavily ignored. Um, I have, let's see, there's another, oh, there's another part in here where I, I've underlined kill myself. Um, I would be dead already. And I wouldn't care either, exclamation point. So I don't know, you know, that might be, uh, that may be important for a parent, older sibling, someone to pay attention to, maybe. Uh, so, God, that's just like a, a, a tiny, tiny sample of what is in my notes that I, you know, would write in as a child. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, long story short, my brother, you know, really, uh, was like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna push your buttons. And when he gave up and left, something snapped in me. I, I wrote that stuff down scribbled a line I remember pulling that line with the pen in so much anger and then something snapping in my brain realizing that I have access to the roof and then it just it was just like a it was like robotic like someone just had programmed something in me and I went like yes okay that's what I need to do and I just dropped everything went to the window, got on the roof, and just went right to the edge. And, and I was just, I was crying hysterically, but I was, but I was quiet about it. Obviously I always, I always learned, I learned at a very young age, don't make any fucking noise when you cry. Um, and that is due to my dad, um, telling me after he would abuse me, whether it was molestation or beatings or, or God knows what else, um, he would say, stop crying or you'll get it again. So, and I also learned, you know, not to make any noise because, you know, if I attracted other people's attention in public when he was doing something inappropriate, um, that also meant I would get in trouble as well. So, um, learned at a very young age not to make any noise, not to bother anyone with my sadness. So, I sat on that rooftop for, I don't know, for a very long time. My whole body, um, oh, I can definitely see why I have chronic pain now with, uh, just, I can, whew, I feel like I can feel that stress in my shoulders, my back. Um, because I was, you know, I kind of sat in like a, what is it? Like a, like a little squat position or whatever. Right at the edge, I had my hands gripping the edge, 
and I was looking at my our um our driveway and my mother wasn't home surprise surprise she was gone all the time um and after the divorce she was just like later I'm gonna go I don't know live my life now I guess and I remember sitting there staring at the empty driveway and thinking I want her to be the first person to see me I want my mother to be the person who sees my body first and if I'm in the driveway that is gonna be the first thing she sees when she finally comes home wow that is fucked up like damn I like you ever see shit happening in movies and you're like that's some dark shit but like I get it they're hurting but like damn that's how I feel when I think of that memory I'm like oh my god God. Oh my God. That's how much you hated your mother, but desperately wanted her love at the same time. Oh my God. Like, it's just like, no wonder I'm, I'm not okay mentally. Like Jesus fucking Christ. Granted. Yes. I have healed through a lot of this through all those years of therapy and stuff, but you know, it explains everything. And that's just one little part of my um, fabulous life of trauma. So I, I just stayed there and, and I kept going back and forth in my head of like, I, 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 I want to do it without understanding what it was I was basically proposing to myself. And then going back to, I'm scared though. And then I remember that voice, or there was a voice. Um, I literally did hear a voice whispering in my ear. I just, I, who knows how long I was standing, sitting there for whatever at the edge. And then all of a sudden this voice started going, what if you mess up? And I started thinking, oh my, like, what if I, what if I just broke my neck, but I didn't like die. So then I was just there in pain and I couldn't move. And it terrified me because it, it felt like where I already was, but added on that I physically couldn't like get away. Like I wouldn't even have a chance to defend myself. And then it was just like, what if you break your leg? What if you break something and then you're just left there? And then, and then you have to deal with everyone being mad at you for that. And there was a lot, it was like, it was weird because it was almost like it was a, like calling me out on my bullshit or something. Like it was like, oh, what if you mess up though? Like, can you even do it though? Do you want to do it? And also almost like a threat at the same time. Like, you know, things will just get worse if you do it and then you mess it up. Like, you can't even get it right. And I started just being like, oh, fuck, maybe I don't want to, but I don't want to be here right now either. And I kept going back and forth in my head with that. And it wasn't for year till years later that I realized it's not that I wanted to die as an 11 year old child. No child goes, Oh, I want to die. Um, 
I just didn't want to be in pain anymore. And I saw no other way to get away from this pain. I couldn't physically run away from it. So it, it it's just, yeah, it's like something just snaps in your head. And you're like, all right, this is my only option. I don't see any other ones. No one's helping me. No one else will give me any options. So this is what I'm doing. Oh, obviously I didn't do it, which also was very interesting because the fact that I didn't jump also made me feel like like I, I couldn't even talk about it. Like, well, you didn't actually do it. You know, because there's, you know, when people are like, oh, I attempted suicide. Um, there's a lot of people who are like, yeah, let me see the fucking scars. Let me see the fucking receipts. When when were you at the hospital or something? Because they had to revive you. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. I didn't. I didn't know I needed that. Oh, okay. Never. I guess I didn't try to kill myself. Um, I guess I'm not allowed to say that. You know? And so... There was a part of me that's like, I don't feel like I can even say I, I, I tried to kill myself. Um, and then, uh, and then there was, and I never told anyone either. I don't remember telling anyone. If I did tell anyone, no one cared. Um, but I definitely don't remember going to anyone and being like, Hey, I tried to jump off the roof because like, I don't know, but I wanted mom to find me. Do you think that means something? Hmm. Uh, so yeah, that definitely didn't happen. So life went on painfully. The second time I attempted it, which is almost like a, it was like a period in my life because I remember, oh God, it was almost like a three part that happened over a few days. Um, but it was around 2015 and I was, you know, at this point I'm four, about four years into my therapy, one-on-one -on -one therapy. I'm going two or three days a week. I am just like head first, just like diving into triggers and trauma and memories and just like trying to figure shit out. At this point I've cut off my, my family after coming out to them about the sexual abuse and them, well, shunning me and just flat out saying, I, um, I think you've misremembered things. I'm like, okay. Um, having at this point, I had just ended or not just ended, but, um, oh, my brain is going so fast right now. I had been through three abusive relationships, one after the other. Um, you know, I think it'd been like a year and a half or so from my since my last one. And there was there was so much going on in my brain. I remember being in my car at one point, late at night, and I had, I think I had, just yeah, I'd come away from talking with a friend at their place. I got in my car and I still wasn't okay, um, but I didn't feel like I could talk to anyone about it. So I called my therapist on um, their emergency line to get a hold of them. And, you know, uh, back then I also went through phases of I would go numb, 
like extremely numb and if you have uh dealt with suicide if you have you know researched it if you know things about it going numb is very bad um because then you want to feel something and you get desperate to feel something so i was starting to become aware of this numbness and so um I was punching I remember I, I was punching the top of my car the ceiling of my car uh, I was sitting inside and I was just punching straight up and I remember I just punched repeatedly until I felt something and the next day I had green and blue knuckles that were quite sore because I had definitely hurt myself um and I, I got on the phone with my therapist and I was hysterical and I was telling her what was going on. And I can't remember what I said to her. I just remember what, what she said. And she said, if you, if this doesn't, if this feeling you're having doesn't go away, I will have to call 911 and you will be taken to a hospital and it will not be a good experience and I was like oh okay um what do I do with that I am not okay and what she meant was you know basically a hospital where they take you because you're trying to kill yourself um and you know and it would be involuntary so you know um Especially if it's like your therapist is calling to be like, hi, my patient wants to kill themselves and you need to go find her and make sure she doesn't kind of thing. And I remember that scared the shit out of me, but it also really pissed me off because it was like, it, it was like a part of me knew I wasn't going to do it. But at the same time, I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna, not going to do it because I, I'm not okay. Like. I don't want to be here. Like I a hundred percent don't want to be here on this earth right now. This is too much pain. I can't, I can't deal with it. It's too fucking much. So I remember that happening. Um, eventually I got home. I don't know if it was the same night or not, but I remember very close to the same day night, um, being in my apartment and seeing shit. Fucking seeing people in my fucking room that were not there, but, you know, were from my memories. Um, and later on, I put together that it was, it was my dad. I was seeing him there. I was scared out of my fucking mind. Um, and, I mean, my brain was like, you're you're ready to deal with this let's do this let's fucking do this full throttle and I was like I don't fucking know man I don't have any friends all I have is my therapist she's gotta sleep at some point in time like fuck man and um but I'm also I'm a very impatient person and I've always taken my healing um you know in sixth gear basically so I'm always like let's fucking do this I'm I want to get over this now. I want to be done. I want to heal. I want to live my life. I want to have a life. I want to know what it's fucking like to have a life. I want to know what it's like to fucking have an idea of 
being able to have a life? Like, what the fuck is that all about? That sounds pretty cool. Can we try that? Cool. Let's do this already. So, next thing you remember, it's daytime. I'm not okay. And I remember sending a text to a, a former friend who had personal experience with, with dealing with someone else committing suicide. And I figured they're the only one that's going to take me seriously right now. And I texted them. Uh, I, I texted them like two sentences and I'm forgetting what one of them was. Um, but the main one was, I want to hurt myself. I need you to like come here now or something like that. Um, but I definitely was like, I'm, I'm going to hurt myself. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. And I know I need to reach out. I, and I, I don't know what else to say besides that. And I just knew that this person wasn't going to question it. And if you, if you ever have texted someone, something real fucking depressing or something very much on the lines of, I want to hurt myself. And they respond back with, what? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, can you, like, call me in the morning? I'm, like, out right now with friends. And you're like, cool, yeah, I'll be dead. Um, fuck you, and you never cared about me, and all my triggers on high alert. Cool. So, they ended up coming over. I was able to just, like, unlock the front door, get back into my bed. I had my therapist on the phone again, on speaker. And again, she was like... I'm going to be with you on the phone, but if, if this continues, I'm going to have to call 911 so that we can make sure you, you don't hurt yourself. <sighs> and, and eventually it passed. I don't remember the days after. I have, I don't know, but that was the second time. And the third time was in 2018 um early like jan like jan february january february 2018 and uh my chronic pain just exploded it was through the roof it just i could not get a handle on it it was so extreme 24 7 I hope you can hear all the creaking from my fucking neighbors upstairs because I live in a four fucking poor-ass goddamn apartment. Oh, good times. If you could shut the fuck up, I'd appreciate it. I'm trying to talk about some serious shit, motherfucker. Thank you. Um, yeah, my chronic pain just exploded. I was in an amount of pain... That I could not fucking fathom. And I could not. I just couldn't f function. I couldn't. Oh God, I think back and I, I couldn't at all. I couldn't say words. I was, I didn't know how I, I wanted to die. I just, I was like, I can't keep going in this much pain. I can't. And I don't know why I'm having this much pain. Um, although later or earlier, a few months ago, this year, you know, I, I put two and two together what that was, which is trauma, you know, stays in your body. You can heal from it mentally, but, um, 
it's a whole nother story um, with your body and trauma and storing the trauma in your body and the stress and the fear and anxiety and everything. So that's like a whole nother healing process. Totally like upsettingly separate from, you know, going to a therapist and dealing with your mental health. Ugh. So I had actually come to a point, you know, in um, 2017 and everything, you know, maybe a year earlier than that too, where I was like, I feel actually pretty good mentally. Like I have a handle on my triggers. Um, I know when they're coming on, I know what to do. I know how to like handle myself. It doesn't mean things aren't still stressful and I don't get triggers, but like, I, I know how to handle them. This is, this is exciting. And then my body just went cool. Now it's my turn. You need to pay attention to me. And then my body just started falling apart. <laughs> and even though I'd always been in pain, but it was just like, Mm-mm, bitch, you thought you knew pain. I'm going to show you pain. And I was like, could you not though? Like, no, don't do that. And, uh, I had also run into losing an exceptional amount of my income, uh, in early 2018, um, about half of my income just dropped. So, and I, I work freelance for those that don't know. So I was, uh, in agonizing pain and way more poor then I knew what to fucking do with. And I just kind of went, how do I do this responsibly? I literally went, the only reason at this point I don't want to commit suicide is one, I don't want it to hurt because that would suck. Um, two, all my shit will go to my parents, well, you know, my parents or my family and fuck them. Um, and three, who's going to take care of my cats? <laughs> Those are literally um, the three reasons that I was like, that's why I haven't killed myself yet. That's really it. And so I kind of sat down and I went, okay, how do I do this responsibly? I can't do this anymore. Like, how how would I do this? And I started looking up how to get a will drawn up because I didn't want my shit going to my shitty parents. And I, basically, it was just, I didn't want my stuff, mo mostly my notebooks that had basically, you know, what I what I know to be evidence, um, you know, of the abuse growing up. I just I didn't want that to be lost, and I knew that if my family got it, that they would just throw it away, you know, they, they destroy it. And, and to me that felt like they were really, truly getting away with it. So I was like, how do I do this correctly? Who could take care of my cats? I mean, I was very much ready for it. So yeah. And then, um, I don't know, I don't know what happened, but something happened <laughs> And the pain finally subsided. Uh, I mean, not completely, but to that ex to that extremity. Yes. Oh my God. To where I could actually kind of function again, and have a thought. And I I I don't remember what did it, but that also very much scared me. It was like I I had to really look at myself and be like, there is a f 
There is a very real part of you that does not want to be here. Because, you know, not only have I experienced all of this abuse as a child growing up, um, but healing from it has been incredibly painful and hard. And I've been doing it on my own this whole time. You know, my family refuses to acknowledge it. They don't want to deal with it. And that is very hard to deal with. Trauma on your own. Even more so, I will say, I'm going to limit and say even more so, when you've experienced it with others and then they deny it. That is very hard. That is very painful. And when I, you know, I, I've gone my whole life just, just healing, just let's just come on, let's just do this. Let's look at the truth. That's what I'm here to do. Let's do it. Come on. And my mind has just gone blank. <laughs> my brain is going, you are remembering too many painful things. We're going to uh, control alt delete. Ugh. Oh, I've totally lost what I was saying. I don't even remember. I know we're talking about suicide prevention month, week. Fuck, I hate it when this happens. <laughs> I sound so uncool. Oh my goodness. No, it's gone. Well, that was cool. Well, I thought it was, I, you know, I was, I was getting somewhere with my thoughts and now it's gone. Um, can someone give me a playback? Maybe, maybe a little refresh. No. Um, when in, when the thought process is gone, it's just gone for the most part. 99% of the time it's gone. Oh God, I hope you guys can hear all of that noise from my upstairs neighbor. Because this is a very fun app that I record things on, but it records everything, not just what's closest to it. So, um, but anywho, I really wanted to mention my own personal dealings with suicide, attempted suicide. Um, because of, um what's going on right now or just you know for this month I didn't know there was a I, I didn't know there was like a a suicide prevention month we're giving everyone a month to prevent it and then after that fuck it uh that's kind of how it feels like actually so which on that note of you know everyone you know it, it's very much you know you, you see everyone online doing a lot of 
Hey, here's the suicide prevention hotline. If you feel suicidal, call it. Remember, bitch, it's not that fucking easy. Also, if all you can give someone is, here's a number, don't talk to me. You're kind of adding to me feeling suicidal, you know? Because loneliness is is very much an additive to uh, suicidal thoughts. When you know you have no one to reach out for that, mm, that is the icing on the motherfucking cake. You're just like, oh. I don't know about you, but I, the thought of calling a stranger up because I have no friends to talk to about it makes me so much more depressed. So I often get actually pretty pissed off when people throw that number around. Oh, here's a suicide prevention. Don't forget to, you know, pick yourself up from wanting to murder yourself, uh, on your own, by yourself, don't bother me with it, because I'm just not a professional, so I don't know what to say to you. How about you just listen? Because what do you think the person on the fucking phone is going to do? They're going to fucking listen. God, people fucking suck. Ooh, like, it's like, I don't know, if you could just, like, be a friend. They're like, yeah, I just don't want to do a suicide. No, no, literally, you just have to be a friend. That's like literally all you have to do. Oh, because guess what? A stranger on the phone telling me not to kill myself. Um, literally, there's nothing they can actually do about it. Mm-hmm. And they don't know where I live. You actually do. So you could get your ass over here and actually fucking make me not kill myself. But like, whatever. Who am I to know? You know, friendships and stuff like that. Whatever. Not like I've really ever had a friend. Um... So, that's my opinion on suicide prevention hotline. That is like for, like, like, (laughs) when people throw that number around, I just get this image of, you know, okay. (laughs) Gosh, I'm, I'm real depressed. I'm, I'm feeling those suicidal thoughts again, guys. Yep, I doubt, yeah, man. I just really want to kill myself. You know what? Gee golly gosh. What was that phone number that they taught us in school? When we're feeling down, call a stranger. Oh my goodness, of course. Silly suicidal thoughts. I have a phone number to dial. Like, the fuck? It doesn't go, you're not in your right mind. You are not thinking clearly. The, the fucking fuck I hate that shit people to me I feel like that number being thrown around is people just being like yeah just like fix it like if you just like call the number then like you're just not suicidal anymore right like yeah I just don't understand why you wouldn't just like call the number and then like you know like you just wouldn't be suicidal anymore right? Like, I mean, it's like so easy. I don't know why you're not doing it. Wow. Like, it's just like, what? Hmm. Let's see. Um, when I did call my therapist, uh, the second time I was attempting it, uh, I wasn't like, hello therapist, jolly good fucking day. I'm just not so swell. 
how are you? Also, um, gee, just thought I should run by it, run by you. Um, I'm having, um, murder thoughts of myself. So, just want to let you know, don't know if you're busy, um, sorry to, like, to bug you, but, like, like, no one's sitting there calling anyone and, and saying it very clearly. You're like, I'm not okay. That is my first words out of my mouth or text message or post when I'm not okay is I'm not okay. And you as a friend respond with, talk to me. Just talk to me. I'm here. I I'm going to listen. Whatever you need to say. I don't even know if I'm going to understand it. And it doesn't matter if I don't understand it. I'm going to listen. I'm going to hear you no matter what you say. And I'm going to be on the phone with you. Or if you want me to come over. Or do you want to come? No, no. Always suggest you go over there. Never have them try to come to you because you don't know what's going to happen in between. Or they, it would not be safe to drive and stuff like that or whatever. Um, unless someone could drive them. Or, I don't know. But anyways, always after like go over. But again, you know, if that's if you can, you can do that. Um, you know, if you have the emotional capacity to be there for someone, all you need to do is listen. That's really it. I know we feel as humans to want to fix everything, but the only way to, quote, fix that trauma is to hear someone out. Because child abuse survivors just want to be heard. Because we feel crazy. Because our we're still trying to figure out what the fuck happened through the eyes of a child. I mean, our memories from childhood are childhood memories. They, you know, we still think the stupid thoughts that we thought as a child. And as an adult, we can analyze those and go, oh, that was really silly. I thought that. Oh, but I know why I thought that now. Because I was a fucking child. And children are weird. And we're trying to figure things out. Because we, we don't know what the world is yet. So... You know, it's not like I'm going back in time in my memories and going, I'm going to experience this memory as an adult. No, like you are looking at that memory and analyzing it as an adult, but you are still remembering it as a child. And you have to translate that into, okay, what really happened here? It is a roller coaster ride, except you are not strapped in. You were just hanging on for your dear life. And sometimes you really just want to let go. But you have no idea where you're going to fly off to. And how much it's going to hurt if you hit the ground. So. Scary if you don't let go. Scary if you do. Yay. Isn't life fun? Okay. Whew. My goodness. Obviously that was all very heavy. Um. And not fun talk? No? Okay. So, but I felt like it was very important for me to talk about because people always think I'm perfectly fine because I have functioning complex PTSD. Um, because I know how to hold myself appropriately. I know how to fake it and make people think that, uh, then I'm fine. And part of it is for myself, just to be like, just hold it together, man. Like, there's nothing else you can really do, you know? You're on the subway, there's no, um, 
There's no point in fucking breaking down here. No one cares. So wait till you get home. Hold it together until you get home. Or, you know, something like that. And the whole time people are going, that person seems totally fine. When really I'm just screaming on the inside uh, most of the time. And then thinking about cake. And then screaming again. And then cake. And then screaming and cake. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to say. I had an urge just to be like. Things are much better now. But. It's it's more so that I. I very much understand. Where my suicide thoughts over the years. Have come from. Hey. Don't scratch on the door while mommy's talking about sad things. You are not dying. Mommy's recording. Come over here or something. Don't scratch at the door. Honestly, you're supposed to love me. I feed you. That was my cat. If you didn't hear, God, I hope you did. Otherwise, that just sounds crazier. Um. Oh, bunny, you interrupted me. What was it saying? Shit balls. Oh, now I'm getting paranoid that you guys are going to get really annoyed at me for losing my train of thought and stuff. So, whoopsie. Memory. Issues. Short-term memory. Selective memory loss. Fun stuff. Fuck balls. My God, I get so much anxiety doing these episodes, I'm not going to lie. Because... I'm talking to a machine and I don't know how you guys are reacting and it makes me so fucking paranoid. <laughs> I still like doing them. I just have to get over that. Uh, I have to work through it. Not get over it. That's a shitty saying. Um, fuck balls. Bunny, you're so fucking cute. Why'd you have to interrupt me? God damn it. And this is already a very long podcast. Lordy. You knew what you were getting into. So, good job. Thanks for listening. And I am going to go get the groceries that were probably delivered 45 minutes ago. Outside my door. So, hopefully they're not on fire. So, anyways. Suicide's fucking rough and shit. Depression, complex PTSD, child abuse, shit. It's fucked up. Oh, I remember. Uh, wait, kind of. Was, uh... Oh, yeah. Because I could say now, you know, Oh, I'm totally fine now. I don't have any of those thoughts. And that's not true. I do actually have, um suicidal thoughts still um but it, they're uh what, what what is the word for it they're not i'm very aware of them and i understand where they come from and why so they don't i haven't had any since 2018 where you know where it was like nope i'm fucking planning this shit out where i'm gonna do it kind of thing um or where i was you know, I, I wanted to do it so much I was scared because I was like, fuck, dude, I'm serious. Like, I'm gonna, I want to do this shit. And it's just, uh, it's very interesting because, yeah, there is a big part of me that goes, I don't want to be on this earth anymore. 
I've been through hell. I've done my best to heal from what from it what I can. And I have more healing to do and I have so many obstacles with my, you know, my chronic pain now coming out even worse than it was before and creating serious obstacles and and then also just coming out from this healing journey and feeling like I've come out of this fog of of just constant trauma filled triggers to go wow okay I actually feel good mentally now to then see this world this reality we live in only to see everything on fire and everyone fighting and hating for no fucking reason and me going oh okay so I did all that healing for what okay cool okay granted yes I did all that healing for fucking me I did that shit for me Everyone should always do your healing for yourself. Because if, you know, you can't do anything else in the world if you're not fuck, You don't know what the fuck you're even doing or who you are or what the fuck happened to you. You don't deal with your trauma. You're not doing anyone any favors, especially yourself. So at this point, I'm just like, fuck, the world sucks. Like, I've seen way more bad than good in my in my life and I'm not really seeing good really at all so yeah there's there's definitely that you know that um that constant reminder in the back of my head of like I mean if we could yeah we would you know if we could do it in a controlled environment you know because I think of what is it um you know, the, I don't know where it is, shit. What is it, like in Switzerland? You know, somewhere where they, you know, they'll, what is it, suicide assist or whatever, you know? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I can totally see myself being very comfortable with that. You know, because it's like, I wouldn't want to kill myself and leave myself bleeding out. So, you know, I don't want to mess for somewhere. And like, it just, that feels... Like, I'm not, you know, I'm just harming myself more. Even though I'm gone at that point, it doesn't matter. But it just makes me sad. As opposed to, like, hey, getting all of my shit in order with a will and blah, blah, blah. Then, you know, going somewhere where they're like, yes, we're going to help you along. And if you de- you decided this of sound mind and body, based for, for the most part, um... You know, and this is what you want to do. And to me, I can see that as like, that's not coming from a place of, I just like, you know, of chaos. It's coming from, I just don't want to be here. This place is fucking mean. This is a mean world we live in. I have experienced so much horror. I've died. (laughs) Like... I've already died so um you know I actually and that's another and that's another episode um uh the amount of times that I have almost died maybe died not quite sure no one was keeping track of it but myself when I was very young but anyways um my dad attempting to kill me was not the first time that I almost died so um 
to me, I'm kind of like, eh, eh, whatever. Anyways, I don't want to leave it on that really depressing note, but, um, well, look at the topic of today, so, um, of this episode. So, I think the best thing that you can do your, do for yourself dealing with suicidal thoughts is to first and foremost, you got to find some sort of therapy. You really have to, because you, you need a professional to help you analyze your trauma and, and heal from it. Because if you don't look at that shit in just dead in the eye, you're gonna keep feeling insane all the time. And you're gonna keep getting these triggers that feel like they're coming from nowhere when really those are those are your mind and your body telling you you're ready to look at me now and I need you to look at me and it's gonna be really painful but you're ready and you got to do that with a trained professional who who gets that you know and can talk you through it who can hold your hand and go I'm gonna lead you this way but you have to take the steps all you have to do is follow me, but you got to take the steps and it's going to hurt for quite some time, but I'll make sure you don't get lost. You know, so if you don't look at yourself and, and that trauma and what people did to you as a child, you, <laughs> the shit's going to manifest in other ways in your life. And I've seen it. I've seen it so many fucking times. I've seen it in all my family members. I've seen it in past partners, friends. God damn. So have the courage to do your best for yourself. That sounds cheesy, but like whatever. Take care of you. It's all you can do. I know, Bubba's. I know you need to get let out. I'm trying to be all serious and sentimental and shit. I'm gonna take a photo of this crap. Anyways, guys. Take care. Stay strong. Motherfucker, are you serious? I'm trying to make a point. Um. <laughs> okay, guys. She's killing me right now. Um, love you all. Stay safe. Take care.